It's another episode. I don't know the topic. I just know that we're recording. Matt wanted me coming in cold. Matt, take it away. Love it. So these are my favorite episodes, and Dave truly is going in cold. Just behind the scenes, little little editing here. When we used to do these before, we'd have some like overlays and stuff in a topic description. So me and Dave would talk, even if it was something we were going to come in cold, he would still kind of have some kind of idea. He, this man truly has no idea what he's walking into today. So Dave, what I want to talk to you about today is your favorite company, DC. Okay. So... Uh, Dark Crisis is the event, as you know, that's kind of going on. You're not reading it, but the seventh issue has Nightwing and this very, like, angelic pose, and there's, like, planets behind him. And I think it said Dawn of the DCU. So that was just, like, on the cover, like, not really mentioned, but the Dawn of the DCU is actually a thing. It is a new initiative that DC is taking moving forward. So I'm going to, I got to read some of this just so you know what it is. And okay. I, I'm going to go through this real quick. And I want to talk about the titles that are going to be in the Dawn of DCU initiative. And that's really kind of where I want to have. Before your, uh, you get started. Input. Absolutely. I have gone down this road before with something called the Dawn of, and it <laughs> ended <was> very poorly. <laughs> what was that? With the Dawn of what? What was that? Dawn of X. Dawn of X. Okay. So, Marvel burned me once on the dawn of something. I no longer trust the dawn. Nighttime only. Well, don't bury the lead here. I need to. We need to get through this together. So. All right. All right. So DC is finally lifting the veil on the dawn of DCU, or as it's being referred to. Um, there is a. I'm pulling this from Newsrama. This is on like multiple websites, but there is like an infographic grid where they kind of are stealing the Marvel cinematic approach where they're like addressing the things kind of as they're coming out in this upcoming year. So if you want to pull that image up, you can absolutely pull that image up and check that out. But this is a year long uh, line wide initiative designed to be an easy entry point for lifelong readers and brand new readers alike. Um, This is spinning out of dark crisis on infinite earth. This will involve 20 new titles and at least two other major events after Lazarus Planet. So Lazarus Planet is the event that's starting in January. So year-long, there's going to be two more events to tie into this. Um, I'm going to skip that part. I don't really need that. Okay. Um, DC is promising its superheroes will step, step out of the shadows and into the light. Epic storylines and superstar creative teams uh, the Donna's DC will celebrate classic characters while also embracing the next generation and, si- and shine the spotlight on fan favorite superheroes and supervillains alike. The publisher is promising bold new directions for Batman, Superman, Nightwing, Harley Quinn, and Poison Ivy. The Donna of the DCU kicks off with, we had talked about it in the news a couple months ago, how I was kind of excited for Action Comics. It starts with Action Comics 1051. That's going to be where this kind of jumps off. So that's like the first article. Second article that I kind of had. Okay, so they're starting off this Dawn of DC with a new coat starting on the Superman franchise. Uh, They have announced like eight titles of this initiative thus far. So the first one, and you like the show, 
is Doom Patrol uh, with the unstoppable Doom Patrol, starting with Dennis Culver and artist Chris Burnham. Uh, This will spin directly out of the Lazarus Planet event in which what this event is apparently is about is the world is remade by the power of the life-giving Lazarus pits. Don't know what that means. Any thoughts on Doom Patrol, Dave? I mean, I'm always down to read a Doom Patrol book. However, the last, I don't know, four or five Doom Patrol books (laughs) have not been great. Also, the fact that the Lazarus pits are... I'm the catalyst for a lot of this. This also sounds very familiar <laughs> to things happening to the mutants on the Marvel side. Because for those unaware, Lazarus Pit brings the dead back to life. I did not make that connection. Dave, this is why it's a two-man booth. I'll be your Chris Collinsworth to your Al Michaels any day, baby. Can you, not, can you be somebody that's not Chris Collinsworth? That guy sucks, man. He is the worst person to talk to or listen to talk. Well, right. I'd rather we be Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. All right, I'll be Joe Buck. I'm down being Buck. You would stick me with Aikman. <laughs> I'm going to die right, by the time I'm 50 with all those concussions. Back to the comics. Back to the comics. All right. Pair of Green Lantern titles. Uh, one focusing on the core. And the other one, or no, uh, a pair of Green Lantern titles focusing on the curve. First in April, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan. From writer Mariko Tamaki, artist not named yet. The second will be Green Lantern, John Stewart, by Philip Kennedy Johnson, and artist also to be determined. Um, I really like Philip Kennedy Johnson. He is a solid writer. That dual powerbomb series I'm trying to get you to always read, He's he's the writer on that. And also Superman, which I'll talk about a little bit later. The the his run on action comics was actually really good until they did and I, I did like it at first when they did the Superman off planet and he's trying to be the savior thing. The problem with that, they drug that out way too long. It's been like a year. That should have been like four months and it could have been condensed. But overall, I think he's a good writer. Mariko Tamaki, I have not really liked things that she has done, except her run on detective comics was actually really good. She writes like more like teen fiction stuff. Like that's, that's not my bag, but her run on detective comics was solid. So it can't possibly be worse than the last Hal Jordan that's a, comic. That is a great point. The, uh, the, um, gosh, Jeffrey Thorne, uh, it started out good. And then the, just, uh, just fell off the rails. Really it wasn't quick Jeffrey. After, like, it was like issue. Garth Ennis. Wasn't it or or Warren Ellis or something? No, the one Grant Morrison, so the, like somebody, one of those guys, one of those, one the, of those guys did it. Remember the Green Lantern with Team Lantern? though? that was Jeffrey Thorne. The yeah, that wasn't that wasn't, that wasn't that wasn't bad until the end. Okay, he lost yeah, his then, way. He lost his way by like okay. issue 11, 10 or eleven. Right. That Some was positive. good to start out. Yes, I agree. And then they started getting weird with the art, and that's like it kind of lost. Yeah, me well, like, that also the fact that there are no named artists yet for either of those books should be cause for concern. When do those come out? March? Uh, April. April. Oh, the Philip, the okay, Philip that's Kenny five Johnson, months. The that's Philip Kennedy Johnson one's later in the year, but the Mariko Tamaki is April. Okay. Um, and you're right. The previous one was Grant Morrison that cre- before the one that I was. Yeah, that was awful. That, yeah, it was. That was awful. Couldn't couldn't get down with that. Um, Green Lantern will be in. Uh, 
Green Lantern, he's just going to try to reunite with his family after uh, Dark Crisis. And that will be written by Joshua Williamson, who's writing um, the Dark Crisis event. And I actually do like Joshua. So there's three Green Lantern books? Green Green Arrow. I'm sorry. Green Arrow. I misspoke. He's uh, Green Arrow. I apologize. So he's writing Green Arrow, which I'll check that one out because I think he's a pretty solid writer. Um, April. Do you remember that round robin tournament by any chance? Do you remember? It was like they had... They solicited a bunch no. of like they solicited a bunch of like creative teams to like pitch these stories. So the winner of that tournament, there was a Superboy Man of Tomorrow uh, by Kenny Porter and John Ahoy Lindsay. I don't know. I feel like this is just like an inventory story that they're just throwing in here because like it was for this round robin tournament. And now they're getting this book in this reboot relaunch thing i don't know uh may there will be a batman brave in the bold title which will be like rotating it's probably an anthology book like tom king's going to be on it mitch garrett's or dan more dan mora or uh, rob williams uh may cyborg dude i can't get on cyborg i just don't i don't i don't get it i don't understand that character i just i don't I get it. I just don't think he's compelling enough to carry a solo book for longer than maybe 18 issues max. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just feel like every time there was like in those just like the Justice League run with Jim Lee that I like, it was always like Cyborg was breaking down or something like Cyborg's <laughs> corrupted and taking over. Like he's always just he's always causing more issues than he is good. Mm. Like, why do we keep Cyborg around? Oh, they've, you know, they've taken over Cyborg and he's opening up portals and do like, get this guy <laughs> out of here. He's causing us more headache than he is. But, uh, uh, June in the creative team of Dan Mora, Dan Moore and Mark Wade, that is your world's finest team writing a Shazam book with Billy Batson. I am in for the art alone. I am in. I sleep. I'm Dave sleeping sleeps. on that intentionally. Dave sleeps, of course. Uh, and then Tom King and Stefano Guardini will launch a Penguin book spinning out of Batman where the Penguin has come out of retirement what? and is in service to the United States government. What? So the U- Finally, the eighth title announced is Steelworks, which will be a pairing of John Henry Irons, the original Steel, and his niece, and successor to the manual, Nastasha Irons, celebrating 30 years since the introduction of, of the character Steel. Those wrap out our titles. So in summary, I'm excited for the pretty much world's finest book that's literally that creative team. Dan Mora, Mark Wade. I'm interested in the Green Lantern books. I'm interested in Green Arrow. Um, and the Superman stuff I'll check out. So maybe action and Superman... There's going to be a new Superman number one, also written by Josh Williamson. It's not in this. They didn't mention it. So I'm interested in maybe like five books. So this is not like a a line-wide relaunch. Okay. So what is this? I don't understand what this is. Based on what you've told me, I can't tell. I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea what this is. I know I probably said that poorly. But I don't know what this is because there's no mention of Batman. There's no mention of Wonder Woman. So are we just 
It sounds like those, those titles carry on. over. Well, you, didn't you say this so, starts with Action 1051? So, it yeah, does. it must be carryover. So, if that is if that is what we're doing in January right now, we have 44 DC single issue solicited comic books. We're going to add another 20 books onto that. If you're a di- if you're a diehard DC guy, you're paying $250 for all these books. That's pre-discount, well, any discounting. You you said this the start of these is kind of staggered. They don't all kick off in January. True. Good so call. there's Good time call. there's time to cancel some of the stuff that's currently running right now. If that's the plan, if the plan is to slim down the line to 20 books a month, like I'm way more interested. But that'll never happen. I just wish it was more like if you're going to do a reboot like or relaunch or whatever, like New 52 it, man. Like, just start yeah. over. Right. Like, this is like a soft reboot. Because, like, I don't... Yeah. We're not doing it's a just, factory reset. We're just power cycling the modem. Yes. Essentially. So, I, I... I don't... I was just intrigued about that. Are you... I didn't... Are you excited for any of these books at all? Like, the any of them make you... I'll, I'll, I'll read Doom Patrol on Infinite Ultra. Got you digitally. I ain't, I ain't buying any of it. Got you. And no that shot. Was my- I I quit buying Batman. If if I'm not buying Batman, I'm not buying anything <laughs> DC. Like not even the Green Lantern stuff. I, they burned me the last time. Yeah. So okay. So let me rephrase that. What, are you going to read any of this stuff on face value on DC Infinite Ultra? Mm-hmm. Just Doom, just Doom Patrol. Or are you? Gonna I, check I mean, something? I'll keep reading Batman and I'll read Doom Patrol and I'll check out the Green Lantern stuff and see if it's any good. But okay. Yeah, so for me, like... I'm not super intrigued. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. If you're, like, intrigued or fired up and seeing, like, oh, man, like, no, it's just... They got me once on New 52, and then after five years, they were like, ha just kidding. We're just going to go back to the regular numbering, and it's all over. But some of the stuff that happened in New 52 still happened. And New 52 yeah. wasn't really a reboot, but but it was. But then when they rebooted it in the first place... They carried stuff over. Like DC's thing is to just like do it halfway. It's all half measures. They're afraid to piss off the legacy fan, but they desperately want to get new people into the ecosystem. So they keep doing things like this to try to get the best of both worlds, and you end up just disappointing everyone. In my opinion, rebirth was 20, 2016, May twenty sixteen. So that's my math is horrible. So this is six going to be roughly six to seven yeah. years ago. And new 52 was 2011. I know that off the top of my head, that was like September, 2011. Yep. So we're on like a cycle of every five to seven years. We have to reboot or retool or redo something mm. to the DC universe. The whole. What, yeah. Yeah. The whole headline of, oh, we're doing this to feature characters and the new generation and whatever, whatever. Okay, so in that list of things you just told me were happening, the only new generation of characters that we're featuring is John Henry Iron's niece. <laughs> in the um, back, like in the backup, probably like in the, you know. Yeah, the like the penguin gets a book. Yeah, what the hell does he need? A, what are we featuring the penguin for? What has Oswald Cobblepot ever done? Does anyone even like Penguin enough to read a solo Penguin solo book, book where he is 
He is the the lapdog to the United States government. Like, what the <laughs> hell is that? I uh, I mean, I can get the Joker book as much as I'm like Joker now. People love the Joker, and they could just read Joker all day. Like, I I understand that Penguin. That's a bit of a stretch. Catwoman. I understand. I understand Catwoman. Penguin. That can, that was the one. I'm like, what is what is that? Like. Off the top of my head, I can think of at least five other DC villains that would be a a more interesting protagonist (laughs) than a book where they are working for the U.S. government, like Deathstroke. You just mentioned Catwoman. Um, Literally any of Batman's rogues other than the Penguin, potentially. Bane. I don't know. Like, sure, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. (laughs) So many better options. So many better options. I don't know. But also we already have that. It's called the Suicide Squad and it's fine. Like we don't need the we don't need solo Suicide Squad featuring Oswald Cobblepot or whatever this book is gonna be. I hate it. I think it's the dumbest thing out of everything you listed. <laughs> that one is the one that makes the least amount of sense to me. I wanna meet I want to meet the person that was like, I'm going to buy a penguin book, a monthly penguin book. In fact, if you're listening or watching this episode and you love the penguin so much that you would buy a monthly penguin comic on paper, I needed to go to my Twitter and send me a list of reasons why you are that way. I desperately need to find out who you are and learn more about you. And also what happened to you as a child that has caused you to be this way now that well, that creative team it's i believe it's tom king so that could be it's a good creative team at least but uh, i don't it's the, still a penguin book don't understand what is that. the penguins thing like why is he like his villainy is always surrounded or rooted in some sort of it's like a financial scheme it's he has a a front that he's running with a club and he's making like all of these dealings and he's got hired muscle. He's not a dude out there like fighting Batman <laughs> in hand to hand combat. So what could he, po- what kind of book is this? Do, are we going to put Oswald Cobblepot in charge of like, maybe it'll be like a bond book. Maybe he'll be like, I don't know, being an espionage agent. Working he's shaped like an know. egg. <laughs> he cannot be James Bond. Sorry. He's like a guy at a desk. That's like cracking code. I don't know, man. That, that one's real. I, well, I can't wait to read that one on the app. Well, that'll probably be the best one, actually. Yeah, I. I wow. In that, in a in a year that from a now, nerve, bro, that struck a in, nerve. In a year from now, you're gonna find that thing, that whole series, in every dollar no, bin at every convention you go to. Maybe <laughs> give it that thing away at the door. That's like your VIP free entry or or free gift with entry. <laughs> Tuck in bag. You get a full run of Oswald Cobblepot. CIA. No man. All right, so (laughs) I'm I'm stuck on it. I'm so he wears a tuxedo and has a monocle and a cane. (laughs) What is the? What is he? You got You can't just trot that man into a meeting with like world leaders working for the government. What the hell, man? We got to move on, or I'm gonna stay here all night. We got to move on. Um, (sighs) you brought up a good point about like, oh, we're gonna return to the the old characters and the new, and like trying to satisfy both of those audiences. I just want the titles that are announced and like cleaning up the Superman family and doing more with Batman and all that stuff. It sounds pretty similar 
to that David Zaslav statement a couple months ago that we read, and you were just like, whatever. It's like, true. It's a good point. Really getting back to the core characters. Like, that's what they're saying they're going to do. It's starting to filter through to publishing. Like like well John as Henry as Iron's niece and Oswald yeah, Cobblepot. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the true lifeblood of DC Comics. Yeah. But... All right. Cyborg. Who can forget Cyborg? I got what I want. I got what I wanted out of this segment. Dave's <laughs> fired up about Penguin. I can listen to this back. So... uh I'm ready to move on a few. All right. All right. Let's good. let's move on. It's time for it's time for the news. Um because Dave doesn't really pay attention to this. Matt, let's talk about the news. Although we did kind of just talk about news. Yeah. Let's, this, let's talk this... about more news. This segment might be a little brief because, like, that was a big news thing, big news topic. But I, I had something prepared, but I wanted to go with that and try to spend a little bit more time than a, a couple minutes on that. Yeah, all good. Yeah. So, um, just in today's distribution war, another company has added Lunar to their list of distribution. Ooh. A small publisher, Mad Cave Studios, small publisher, but still, I'm just going to continue to throw it out there. Every week, it looks like another company's going over that's doing something. They're still wholesaling with Diamond, but going to Lunar, better discounts to uh, retailers, and more direct market distribution to Amazon, or not direct market, but better distribution to Amazon and bookstores like Barnes & Noble. So, uh, Mad Cave moves over. Video games. Marvel's Avengers. I don't know how this game is still alive. I don't know who's playing it. Must be some whales out there who really dump a lot of money into that game. But could be international DLC, too. Could could, could be, be international. People, not not in the US. New DLC character coming on November 29th. Wow. Two years later, huh? The the Winter Soldier. Yes. Why the Winter Soldier? Why now? I don't know. I don't know, Dave. I'm going to jump in the game and check it out, though. It's free. You don't have to pay anything for it, but I want to check it out and see how he plays at least for five, ten minutes, maybe an hour. But if you are a hardcore Marvel Avengers grinder, hey, you got a, a pre-Christmas gift coming your way for free. So make sure you check that bad boy out. Dave is not pleased. Dave is not going to turn. I just don't get it. Don't get it. Like the stream of of new content in that game has yeah. been like few and very far between. <laughs> that, maybe Why we're just now? Not, maybe we're just not paying attention. I don't know. I don't know. If they added, if they haven't added new story content or new levels or or done anything to make the game more fun to play, I don't see the point in adding more characters. All all it is is a grind. You're just grinding to level up Winter Soldier. For what reason? Doesn't make sense to me. I just really wish I wish that game like just had a more interactive map that you could maybe I'm just too stupid and I couldn't figure it out but anytime you completely pull yourself out of the experience like in Assassin's Creed you pull up the map you tag the next mission you go to the mission you don't completely leave go back to like the main menu screen find your next mission load into it like it's just an immersion killer in that game it's I also think the, yeah. the, the whole games as a service model i felt like was forced on that game yeah 
and I don't think that it was successfully pulled off. So you get you get a level experience uh, and a story progression experience that is that's like a one time playthrough for the story. Um, anything multiplayer, it, it's not compelling levels like yes. Destiny or The Division that you can replay. They're very they're very soulless levels. They're soulless as hell. Very good point. Um, so there's no reason for me to go back to that game. I didn't even finish the single player. Bored me. It just bored me to death. Mm. If you're going to do games that. as a service for something like that, you need to have a massive roster of characters, a good world hub, and levels that are fun to replay over and over and over again. And it had none of those things. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame. I wanted to like it. I really did. Yeah, we should have known when we first saw the the character models for their faces. We should have yeah, known then what were, was going to happen. They were not good. No, Voice talent was good, but the character models were not good. That was, that was the start- great value, Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> you got the Walmart brand. That. You said that from jump. Uh, story number three. This happened in the middle of the night. Uh, okay. <laughs> the CEO of Disney. Bob oh, I saw Chapek, this. Yeah, I saw this. Out. Yep. Bob Iger back. Back. That mm-hmm. was a rumor of something that was to happen. That Chapek was kind of the fall guy when things started turning pretty bad. So we have we will continue to talk about me and Dave's differences, which I think are a good thing on Marvel and Star Wars. We're actually very aligned. I think, I think we're pretty aligned yeah. on Star Wars. And you, you like Star Wars uh, a lot more than I do too. I'm, I'm pretty do. casual yeah, when yeah. it comes to Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but that stuff, that's one thing, like whether you think that stuff is good or bad or whatever, and a different me, the last episode, Dave's like, I think Star Wars is in a good place. And I'm like, no, it's not like, that's not, that's part of the, the problem or solution. The problem I heard it on the radio, dude, is like the parks are mm-hmm. not making money. No, at not. all. And the prices have gone up like ridiculous. Like if you're not going to Animal Kingdom, your ticket went from like $100 a person to like $200 a person. Mm-hmm. Like I loved I went to Disney and went to Epcot and went to all that. And I loved it. Like it was great. It was a great experience. Like I, I will never take my daughter there for $200. For one day, are you kidding me? Like, we'll never go to Disney. Yeah. We'll go to Universal Studios or Bush Gardens, like in Florida. Why would I, I? I can't justify that kind of money in my head for anything. I do so, have to defend Disney's sure. parks business a little bit just because it took such a hit with COVID and it's sure. never really rebounded. Yeah. And then coming out of COVID, you have, you, you had one, you had supply chain issues that were impacting everything in the world literally every economy in the world impacted by supply chain issues global supply chain issues which i'm sure impacted the parks business as well when you need things like parts to repair rides merchandise and food to sell at the park etc um that stuff's not easy to get and then you have inflation riding right on the heels of the supply chain issues and there's probably still a good amount of people that are hesitant to go to things like amusement parks and, you know, live events like music where there's a lot of people packed into a small space. 
those things all have to contribute to challenges in the, in the parks business, I would imagine. And I own a lot of Disney stock and I'm painfully aware of how things have gone <laughs> since COVID because my stock has been taking a beating. It's been below triple digit stock price Ooh, for, for months me. now. It's the first time it's been that low since I owned the stock. Did it go up? Did you check it after Iger got announced? I wonder if it, it, do, it only went up a little bit. bit. It's only, little I'm, bit. I only gained about $50 today. Okay. All right, down lifetime that. hundreds of dollars. Got you. Well, sorry to hear that, but uh, eh, it is what it is. Big Bob's back, man. So I think it's a good thing. I think, I think it probably thing. is a good thing. Uh, and the last story that I have to touch upon, um, the passing of Jason David Frank, aka the Green Power Ranger, White Ranger, Mister Power Rangers, man. I actually uh, didn't I, believe it was real at first because it had been. Either, dude. It is the rumor has circulated before recently that he had died and he hadn't. Yeah. So I texted Dave and Dave was like, I don't want to be callous, but this one kind of doesn't hit me as much because like Power Rangers wasn't like super his thing. And I get that. No, that doesn't make you a bad person or anything. I know. But like, I just this, felt bad that I could yeah. not share the. Uh, the moment with you the way you probably wanted me to yeah no like in this one like it hit me like pretty hard like kevin conroy that was a that was a big one too but i'm and and i feel kind of similarly i guess like i'm not gonna sit up here and say i was the biggest power rangers fan of all time and i've seen all the seasons and all the series and all that stuff but like i was very into it when i was young like i remember where i was at when the first episode came on and it was this pig monster that was eating the trash and it was ridiculous. And it was after X-Men. It was a Power Rangers in my area. It was always the last thing of that Sunday morning cartoon block. It was X-Men animated series and then Power Rangers. And I love the Power Rangers. I have stories of my dad not being able to get me Zach, the black Power Ranger. And I was upset. And like, I remember going to Walmart and he took me to see the Power Rangers. And it was this dude with this like, horrible clay helmet and even at the young age <laughs> that i was i was like that's not a power ranger like their helmets are like shiny it's like this clay shot thing that some dude made i remember all that so like and i would like even well you should never be ashamed of what you like but i would pop in from time to time and say oh what's going on power rangers just have some like morbid curiosity to see kind of like where the franchise is going and all that kind of stuff um but jason david frank man Without him, like I, he is Mr. Power Rangers to me. The without the Green Power Ranger, like I don't know if like Power Rangers would have been what it was. That was for us. That was a heel turn, man. Like it was a bad Power Ranger, and then spoilers, he made a face turn and joined the team. Like that was awesome. I don't think I don't it's a spoiler. That. Thirty years later, yeah. yeah, I don't. But like <laughs> <laughs> that was like awesome, like. And he was the embodiment of that. And he was never, he would pop up in like random series or if they did reunion episodes, it would be like him. And he was like the ultimate Power Ranger was being portrayed by Jason David Frank. And like more importantly, seeing like going to a couple conventions, like larger conventions, New York Comic Con and stuff, like Jason David Frank was always there. And he Mm -hmm. was always, from what I've heard, been very gracious with his time. And he was was always smiling. He he was like one of the. 
he was one of the marquee guests at the Dallas Comic Con that you and I went to when you came down one time. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure we popped into his panel and just stood yeah, in the back I, for a little bit. Yeah, and he was like, I mean, he's just he seemed like he's just a great guy, and like now it's it's just sad and ironic. Like I'm actually into Power Rangers now, and I love these comics, and it would have been nice to like meet him one day, but I mean, life happens, man, and unfortunately. He had to have been dealing with some demons, yeah. and he, he succumbed to that stuff. So I feel like they still kind of draw Tommy in those comics to look a little bit yeah. like Jason Day. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely, he's definitely the template there. I mean, it's kind of like that way for all of them. Like, yeah, they all kind of get drawn like they they looked in the show and like the live action show. The actors and actresses did, but and it was just like someone I, I like tweeted or something, but they were like. You know, reflecting on this, I think I understand like why I like Power Rangers. It was like it was because it was like a group of like it was a group of diverse teenagers, like people that were different that were in this thing together and were like optimistic and hopeful. No matter like what this, what the the you know out, no matter how great the danger was or whatever, like they always remained optimistic. And definitely in the show, that was like corny as hell. Sometimes mm-hmm. like, it let's, really let's was. Not, let's it not was. pretend that it's not corny, but like. That's what I kind of dig about it. That's just kind of like my personality. And like this dude will be missed. Like he really will be missed. My one friend met him a couple times. He has a signature and he was like really shook. He was really shaken up by it. So it's funny how these people and like these entertainment spheres like really affect you, you know, and you don't know them like that. But guys like Kevin Conroy, guys like Jason David Frank, um, it's just sad, man, seeing these people go. And it was yeah. for him, it was I was shocked by Kevin Conroy. I was I mean, I think we were all shocked by Jason David. He's 49, dude. Like, that's way too young. Mm-hmm. But if 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 you're going through some stuff, people, I mean, I know I'm the 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 super hyper masculine guy, and I like all the I, I don't I like it the old way, and I don't like I, I know I have that personality, but like, dude, if you need help, you need to get help. Like talk to somebody absolutely like, you're important man like absolutely. your emotions and feelings are important so that's my psa r.i.p uh jason david frank let's talk about what we're reading and what we're playing do you mind if i go first i'll defer only because it, it sort of it, it lines up with what we were just talking about i finally read power rangers number 100 okay and number 101 Okay. Um, solid end to that storyline, the Death Ranger right? storyline. Yeah, big fan of how that that played out. It was a really, really good, really good. Like I don't, I don't know how many years, but two years or so that they were kind of building to that number one hundred with the two separate Mighty Morphin and and Power Rangers books. Um, I'm a little bummed that we're down to one monthly title now. <laughs> I don't because, mind if we had two titles, but like uh, the Mighty Morphin, I don't know. I was weird, but go ahead. Well, my, the thing is, the 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 comic that I liked the most was the one with the Omega Rangers, and now they're you not like in the space it anymore. One? Yeah, 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 and like now they're gone. So I don't know. I can and, see that. And and Evil Tommy's still out there. Draken or whatever his name is. Draken. Yep. What is it? Draken. Lord Draken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still out there somewhere. Yep. There's a new Omega Ranger. A lot of stuff happened in that number 100. Um, and I'd like to see what's happening with them. 
like I'm not as interested <laughs> with the Earth Rangers, to be honest. But I'll I'll stick with it. I'll stick with yeah. it. Um, I also read Bloodshot number two. Okay. Still solid. First issue, good. Second issue, okay. good. It's a fantastic. It's only four issues, but it's, I think it's going to be a really good Bloodshot story. I'm bummed that I won't get issue three until probably February. Because you Just were right. You were right. Valiant is literally soliciting one book a month. Yeah. The January solicitation is Book of Shadows number three. That's it. Are you going to get that too? Are you getting that or no? Just... I've, I've, I've pre-ordered the trade. Okay. They got me back on those trades. Okay. You're back. You're we'll back. see though. Well, I, one, one book a month. It's going to take eight months yeah. to do a Bloodshot miniseries. That is insane. I hope they have a text page to remind me of what I read. Cause they do not. In trouble. Yep. They do not. And Exo Manowar number one starts. That one. That one looks interesting. Starts in December, I think. Okay. I think. I don't remember. Um, but Exo Manowar is in Bloodshot number three. Okay. There's, a little, there's a little team up action. I might have to get those digitally and then read those. Pretty good. Way. And the last thing that I read was. It was the uh, Radiant Black number 17, um, which was the end of the storyline where this is this is spoilerish. So if you are reading Radiant Black and haven't read number 17 yet, plug your ears. But now they're sharing the Radiant. And I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it. That's okay. As long as you're feeling, that's all that matters. Well, unless what I'm feeling is that I don't want to read the book anymore, and then it, <laughs> then it's probably a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was kind of weird how they were they were tagging in and out on it. Yeah, that was a little. <laughs> that's that kind of thing is cool for like one issue, and you're going, oh, that was a fun little thing that they did. But if that's just status quo from now on ooh, maybe I don't it's know. any hopeful team up any ooh, kind of way. that's not hopeful though that's just that's just sort of weird i don't know i'm i'm not super interested in those two guys being in a polyamorous relationship with the radiant i'm a monogamous person prefer monogamy with my superpowers too that's it that's all i've been reading I read those. I, read, I haven't been reading much, man. I've been playing uh, a lot of games yeah. and watching a lot of TV. All good. Uh, so, what I've been reading, digital. I, I was talk, talking about how I enjoy Philip Katie Johnson's writing. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it so much that I didn't read the six months worth of issues of that whole World War saga when Superman was off planet. I read the finale, like one shot they did. Cause I just want him back on planet earth. Like that's how I want to read Superman. So I read the world world apocalypse one shot that brought him back. And I read the first part of the action comic story. Superman's back. Nothing too crazy, but uh, I did read that. Those are two bigger issues. Uh, my number three, Dave's favorite storyline. The Death of Superman audio. Tell listeners. me you didn't buy a facsimile edition of The Death of Superman. No. No. This is a 30th anniversary edition story with the original creative teams from the 90s. Dan Jurgens, so let's go. 
This is a brand new story. Dan Jurgens has a lion's share of this book. Dave, they still got it. They still got it. Hey, why can't we get these people, dude? This Dan Jurgens art, Louise Simons, it like, and they all what they should have done, they should have gave every person like a 20 page like issue. But like, this is, I don't know, 60 pages. Jurgens has like 40 pages of it. He's the main story, and the other people have like 10 pages or something. But really good. It's the main premise of the story is Superman, Superman and Lois never told Jonathan about you know the death of Superman. So it's like Jonathan can't finding out what happened to his dad. Um, the main story was really good. The story, the secondary story with Mom and Pa Kent was really good, but this was expensive. It was like 11 bucks, but I enjoyed it. I obviously get a pretty decent discount, but I would say when this is on the app, you should check it out for sure. Um, at least I may. The main story by, I may. At least the main story by Jurgens, because I know you like the death of Superman. You know so. what? Dan Jurgens is always going to have a, a a place in my heart for being the right. man that killed Superman. Of course. That's why I figured you'd like it. Also, Probably a little known fact. Uh, Dan Jurgens also had a pretty good run on Solar Man of the Atom for Valiant okay, he was. in the 90s. <laughs> so he's got a piece of your heart that way, too. He does, but more so because he killed Superman. Oh, okay. Uh, one show we need to do a topic on at some point. We need to get there. I don't even know how we frame this discussion, but G.I. Joe. The best okay. of G.I. Joe. Cobra. <laughs> and a Cobra. Best of Cobra one shot. These are pretty much uh, four. They're reprint material. Four issues of like the best of Cobra. The best of G.I. Joe. I know you're a G.I. Joe cartoon guy. And I know that we've. Mm-hmm. We watch that show and enjoy it probably much later in life than we should enjoy it. What do you mean? We are very old gentlemen sitting around having like chicken nuggets and fries watching G.I. Joe cartoons. Oh, in our late uh, in our 20s. Yeah, no, I know. It's cool now. It's cool now. I watched it when I was a kid, too. I know. I know. It was your Power Rangers. I get it. I get it, man. No, I understand. It was better than Power Rangers. It was, but. I mean, it's um, personal personal opinion, but yeah. Did you ever read the writings of Larry Hamill on the GI Joe comic book? Did you ever read the? Comic We've talked book? about this, yeah. Have we? Yeah, okay. yeah. I I was reading Real American Hero from IDW for like a year. The the new stuff though, not like the old. I read the this... I read some of the old stuff too when I was a kid. Okay. okay, I didn't know if you read that stuff when you were mm-hmm. a kid. Yep. That man does not get enough credit. Like Hamill does not get it. He gets credit. I don't think he gets enough credit of how good of a writer he is based on a toy line like this dude made all the created these worlds and you know created cobra and like all this stuff dude like he needs to get his flowers and like this was just good i would read one of these a night it's literally what i wanted a self-contained story beginning middle and end talking the one about um the unmasked story where they talk about like snake eyes origin and all that like it's really good storytelling so that's why I was like, I wasn't opposed to getting that reprint material. Um, I really enjoyed that. 
And my last recommendation, I had talked about this book in the past. The final issue, I finally read them. I don't know why I put them off so long. Batman the Night by Chip Zdarsky. Obviously, everyone, you know, I'm a little biased on Chip Zdarsky. I love him. I think he's the greatest writer, greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, After completing that story, it's one of the best Batman stories I think I've ever read, if I'm being honest. The reason is I really like the approach. I liked how Zdarsky built the story. I liked that it was like, I don't know if it was playing into my Street Fighter or Mega Man mentality, but like it was Bruce Wayne going around collecting a different talent. So it was like 10 different stories of him gaining some kind of ability. Um, I really liked the one issues about magic. And he didn't believe in magic. He didn't think magic was real. And then he saw it. And then, like, there's, like, this panel of his face, and he's like, teach me. And they're like, why does he want to learn magic? So, like, why do you want to learn magic so bad? And then it comes out, and he's just like, I've traveled the world. Like, I've gained all this knowledge. I've trained. I've done all these great feats. But if there is one sliver of something I do not know, like, that could be the downfall of me. Dude, if that's not the most, like, Batman like how driven this character is. And I'm a Superman guy. That hit me. I was like, this dude, like Batman, Batman's the guy, dude. Like that's how driven this cat is. And it was just, it's just a really good story. And I like that it covers, we we know like year one, we know all that stuff, which is obviously Batman year one by Mazzucchelli and Miller's one of the greatest, if not greatest, one of my favorite Batman stories. but. To my knowledge, I don't really remember outside of like Batman Begins them really hitting on that area before when he went and traveled. Like, and that's what this is about when he was traveling. Scott Snyder did it in Zero Year. Did he? Not to that extent, but it was still touched on quite a bit in Zero Year. And I'm sure it's been touched on, but like, I don't know. I just really liked how Zatarski did this. So uh, that's a hardcover purchase. I'm really trying to not do that stuff anymore, but. That will be an absolute purchase for me because I will definitely reread that story. I really, really like that one. But so talking about shows, sure. uh, I watched episode one of the Rings of Power over the weekend. Okay, I've been waiting to start watching it until all episodes were released, and then just never got around to starting it. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, episode one was fantastic. It hooked me almost right away. Um, really, really big budget for this show, and it's not a. I mean, it's not a secret. Amazon put a ton of money into production for this show. Yeah. Um, but uh, do you know much about it? No. You, are you Lord of the Rings guy at all? Do you even like Lord no, of the Rings? Not, I don't think we ever really talked about it. I went. I mean, I I, I dabble. I mean, I know the story. I've seen the movie. Yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. The, the Peter Jackson original trilogy. Yeah, I mean, same. Uh, I'm not. I don't go much deeper than that. I've yeah. I've watched the. Peter Jackson movies a lot though. Yeah. Like a lot. Um, but this focuses like on Galadriel, the elf. 
Yeah. And uh and Elrond is in there as well. Obviously much younger version of Elrond. Elrond was uh what's it Mr. Anderson, right? That yeah. Guy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, yeah, and I don't remember Galadriel, but I was like, who's Elrond? Yeah. Yep. Galadriel was also an elf. She was yeah. she was the elf that um Was that Clay Kate Blanchett? Yeah. Damn, I know more than I might think. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So so far so good. I'm really I'm really liking it. Um Galadriel is hunting Sauron in the first okay. episode. She's leading, you know, troops of elves to the ends of the earth, basically, to try to find where Sauron is at after the first war. And okay. uh, really good show. I'm excited to keep watching it. Um, I know we don't talk about shows we're watching that often, but I think this one specifically aligns with our podcast. Um, I am playing anything video game wise. I'm still playing F1 Manager 2022. Uh, we finished our second season. We got sixth in the Constructors Championship. Solid midfield team. Um, we're yeah. going into our third <laughs> season now with high hopes. We're gonna the goal. We're gonna get points in at least half the races this year. I think. I think we're on track to take over that fifth spot. We're gonna finish in the top half of the constructors this season. Team's making a lot of strides. So Things as long as well. you as long as you keep progressing a little bit, you're not getting fired. Like no, I only got a- after the first season I played where I got fired. I I figured out. <laughs> what to do to avoid that from happening because i just was like first first season my car sucked so i put all of my money into developing the car for the following season i was like screw it i'm just gonna take last in the constructors (laughs) i can't compete doesn't matter uh and then i got fired for it so you're tanking they're like yep we'll get you out of here the next guy will get to reap the benefits of all your pretty much pretty much that's what was gonna happen so we learned a lesson we're doing better now no it's great yeah, man, that's good. I watch weird documentaries, so I got nothing. <laughs> TV Fair wants enough. to be relevant to this, so. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Another episode in the books. Um, our Twitters are in the description of the video or audio episode that you are currently watching or listening to. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we'll follow you back. We'll talk about comics or pop culture or whatever, uh, whatever your heart desires. Uh, My name is Dave. And I'm Matt. We'll see you in a week. Peace.